We're going to focus on the din of someone who sells himself to a goy. We're going to see on a deeper level how this represents a spiritual downfall and what can be done and what should be done to save, to ransom, and to elevate this individual. He sells himself as a servant to a Gentile. Dr. Pasek, the Pasek says, He should be redeemed, should be ransomed. One of his brothers should redeem him. Or his uncle or his cousin, should redeem him. Or another relative. Or if he can afford it, then he should redeem himself. Und von dem Seder in Pasuk, Echad me Echav, Goimar, Doi Doi Oi Ben Doi Doi, Goimar Mish'er Besarai, from the way the Pasuk structures the order, first it mentions the brother, then the uncle, then the cousin, and then the other relatives, let it men up, we learn, as HaKariv, Kariv Kaidim. The closer one is, the sooner or the earlier their obligation comes. The Kardivos is Nenter, the closer relative is a freer to girls and them Eved, he is sooner, he is first, to redeem or to ransom this slave. Darfin Farstein, we're going to ask two questions. If the person who sold himself is himself in a situation that he can afford it, he is first before any other any of his relatives. And since the Pasik is listing the order according to the closeness of the relative, those who are sooner, who are earlier obligated to redeem this individual, so the first thing it should have said in the Pasik is that if he can afford it, he should redeem himself. And afterwards, the Pasuk should continue that if he cannot afford it, then one of his relatives should redeem him. Why is his obligation to redeem himself if he can afford it? Why is it said in the Pasuk after the, the obligation of the relatives to ransom him? As a matter of fact, for example, in the Rambam, the Rambam says, If someone sells himself to a guy, if he can't afford it to, to, he can't afford to save himself, then his relatives should save him. But that's how it should have said. The first person who's obligated to ransom this person is the person themselves. That's our first question. Why does the Pasuk place the obligation upon the person himself at the end of the Pasuk and not before the relatives? Base. Second question. Since the Pasik is listing a number of relatives, various different relatives, and in the order of closeness, the first relative mentioned should have been the father. Which the father is closer than the brothers. Like we find in Yerusha. The dinim of Yerusha, that the father inherits before the brothers. In Chas V'Shalem, someone passes away young, and his father is still alive. Excuse me. And he has no children. Then the first Yairish, the first ear, is the father, even before the brothers. The Gemara discusses this in Baba Basra, in Perek Yesh How do we know that Av Kaidim that the father is first? But that's the conclusion, that the father is the first, meaning to say 
before the brothers. So we know that the father is considered a closer relative than the brothers. And, the, and yet the father is not mentioned at all in this Pasuk. It goes straight to the brothers. Now, the same question is asked in the Dinim of Yerusha. The Pasik tells us the order of inheritance by relatives. If a person passes away without a son, you give the inheritance to the daughter. And if there's no daughter, then it goes to the brother. Then it goes to the father's brothers, to the uncles. Then it goes to the next relatives as far as, far as it goes. And it omits mentioning the father, who inherits before the brothers of the deceased. And so the question is asked, in the Mepharshim and Chumash, why does the Pasig by Nachalois, by Yerushalayim, not mention brothers? Sorry, not mention father. And the answer is given, as Derech Bracha Yedaber, he's speaking in a manner of blessing, and not those who pass away young. The Pasig the is not talking about a case of a, of a negative consequence. For, uh, for example, as their basis, Ben is Mezbechayov of a son who passed away in his, in, during the lifetime of his father. That's an unusual thing that usually, uh, uh, it, it's unusual and it's negative. So the Pasig doesn't want to talk about it. In a, nor in a normal, healthy situation, by the time a person passes away, their parent has already passed away. And that's why the Torah doesn't say Aviv, because he wants to speak only in blessed cases. First of all, even in Parshas Nachlis, this is not a 100% smooth answer. Because since these are matters that are relevant to practical halacha, it doesn't really... Uh, make it doesn't really uh, uh, make sense to omit the father because it's not in the way of a blessing. Especially since this leaves room for error, where one could think that the father cannot inherit his son. So even in Nachlois, this is not such a good answer. It's a it's a it's it's a it's a it's a it's a nice answer, but it's not a good answer. But in addition to all that, in our case, we're not talking about a case of anyone dying. So the Pasuk should have mentioned it and actually in the very beginning, because he's the closest relative, that the father is the first with the obligation of redeeming his son who had to sell himself to a Gentile. So those are our two questions. Number one, why does it not mention his own obligation to himself first, since he is the closest relative or the closest person to himself? And number two, why does the Pasik not mention father? And why doesn't and why is it not mentioned before Echov, before the brothers? Seemingly the father is the closest relative after the person himself. In Siv Beis, the Rabbi is going to introduce the, the, the Gemara in Kiddushin. The Gemara goes through the Parsha. These tzukim are towards the very end of the parsha of Bahar. The beginning of parsha of Bahar, it speaks about the mitzvah of Shemitah. 
then it goes through various situ different situations where a person is financially struggling and he is forced to sell some of his assets, then he's forced as in movable objects, then he's forced to sell his field, then he's forced to sell his house, then he's, then he's forced, or not forced, but then the Pasuk talks about borrowing with, uh, with ribis, with interest, then the Pasuk talks about selling oneself to a Jewish master, then the Pasuk talks about selling oneself even to a non-Jewish master. The Pasuk is that we're referring to, that we're talking about over here, is the chisasik yad ger v'seishav imach. If the, if the ger, in this case meaning a, a Gentile that is living in Eretz Yisrael, is able to afford it, umach achicha imay, and your brother, your relative, becomes poor, becomes impoverished, v'nimkar le ger imach, and gets sold to a ger teishav, oil, which, means, which means a goy living in Eretz Yisrael, oil le'eker mishpachas ger. The Eikim Mishpachas Ger means the Avedizara belonging to the Goy. So there's a sort of uh, uh, downfall here where it starts out selling his objects, his belongings. Then he sells his house. Then he sells his field. Then his house. Then he sells himself to a Yid. Then he sells himself to a Goy. Then he sells himself to Avedizara, to idolatry. And the Gemara in Kedushin says that this is actually a, a uh, ripple effect from the person who was not careful in mitzvahs of Shvius. Therefore, he becomes impoverished, and first he has to sell his belongings, etc., etc., until this Pasek that we're learning about, where he sells himself to a goy. And the Rebbe is going to say that this is obviously not just a financial struggle, this is also a spiritual downfall when a person is ready to sell himself even to a goy, and even to Avedazara, to idolatry. We'll explain the answers to these two questions based on what it says in Chazal, as the Parashah said that the sections of this Parsha, Parsha's Bahar, are written in an order. They are showing us the order of the downfall, which can come through not keeping, not observing the mitzvah, even not even just a trace, even just an offshoot of the mitzvah of Shviyas. The reason it says avaka is because in the Gemara over there, it's talking about someone who sells the Pedish Shviyas, the fruit of Shviyas, the original Iser prohibition of Shviyas is to work the land. Not to sell the fruit of Shvius is only an offshoot of the main prohibition of Shvius, which is to not work the land. So even if he is just selling the fruits, which is already avaka, it's only a, an offshoot of the actual Isra of Shvius, it leads to this downfall. Free is as good as his mecher as metalkla. First, he sells his movable objects. And then he continues to fall level after level until the ultimate downfall. That he has to sell himself to a goy. Rashi translates He sells himself to the idol to attend to it. Doesn't mean Rashi's gonna, Rashi says doesn't mean that to worship the idol. It means to take care of it, such as chopping wood for it or drawing water for it. So this is a, a, a gradual downfall that the person experiences due to the lack of, uh, of, uh, of being careful, of keeping, of observing the mitzvah of Shviz. 
as it's obviously understood, that he's forced financially to get to, to sell off his belongings, and and then he he ultimately sends, sells himself and ultimately to a goy. It actually shows that the person is has a systematic and gradual downfall, even on a spirit in a spirituality on a spiritual level. The fact that a yid would sell himself to a goy, number one, this is against the Torah. It's, it's a prohibition. You're not allowed to sell oneself to a goy. The second issue is does git an art. This is a situation that opens the possibility of a kasaka daitach. For a, it opens up the the, the uh, it, it opens up the possibility that hoyul v'rebi megala arayus. Here, Rebbe doesn't mean uh, a, a teacher. Rebbe over here means the master. Since my master is a megala arayus, is one who commits adultery. Even the way does Elilim commits worships idolatry. Mechalal Shabbos desecrates the Shabbos. When you when you sell yourself to a goy and you find yourself in that environment, then it could have an influence on you and on a person that because his master and his and the people he's around are doing these terrible things, these cardinal sins, that he could do it as well. Certainly, if one sells himself to the actual idol, to attend to it, working for the idol is the exact opposite of being a servant of Hashem. So clearly, this person is struggling spiritually. The fact that he goes against the Torah and sells himself, the fact that he puts himself into a situation that he that he's around the people that can influence him in the, in, in these terrible transgressions and the fact that he sells himself to which is the exact opposite of the fact that he is a servant of Hashem this shows that not only is he struggling financially he is also struggling spiritually so now we understand so now we're shifting so to speak in order to answer the questions we're shifting to the more spiritual the more Avedidike approach that we're talking about a person that is struggling in Siv Gimel we're going to talk about how he got here how does a person get to a place that he has fallen so low spiritually? How is it possible for someone to fall so low to the point that he would sell himself to the idol? That he pulled himself away, he severed himself, and he forgot on his father in heaven. And because of that, he forgets about his love and about his feelings of awe to his father in heaven. Like the Pasik says, Ben of, that his son honors his father, and the Abister concludes the of And if I am the father, where is my honor? In other words, the Abister is asking, as my as my children, how can you uh, disrespect me? This is what causes a person to fall. He loses that relationship with his father in heaven. In the Hasidic vernacular, in the person, his of, his father, meaning to say his chachma is not there, is not present in a revealed way. 
We'll explain what does it mean. Uh, the, the, the of is not there. Begilu chachmas not begilu. So the Alter Rebbe talks about this in Tanya, and he says, "As the sibev of farvos ayid kenevers anaf and otznelia." The reason that it's even possible for a yid to transgress the will of Hashem is because the Chachma within this yid, referring to the Emunah by Hashem, was his His Emunah in Hashem that supersedes comprehension, supersedes understanding. This Chachma, this level of Emunah, is in a state of slumber. And therefore he cannot, doesn't appreciate, he doesn't comprehend that every single Aveda, even the smallest of transgressions, he becomes severed with a total separation from the oneness of Hashem. Volter der Herr, let's just elaborate on this a little bit more. Volter der Herr, das drückt der Aveder, wird man nifrit von Yehudei Vachdusius Barich. If a person would realize that through this Aveder, he is becoming separated from the oneness of Hashem, punkt wie durch Aveder Zara, just as it does when a person worships an idol. Volter, beigestan an dem Nishoi mit denselben Tekiv, then he would withstand this test with the same intensity. Wie er und jeder Eid, afilok, also bekalum, peisho Yisrael, how he or any other Yid, even the lowest of the low and the sinners amongst the Yidin, would give up their lives for the holiness of Hashem. If he realized that this Aveda is the same separation, then he would withstand the test and he wouldn't fall. Without even thinking about it. As if it's something that is absolutely impossible to deny the oneness of Hashem, to rebel against the oneness of Hashem. So when the which is the emuna, which is the Abba, the Father within the person is operating, is functioning, then it's not possible for a person to, to fall because he realizes that every time he does an Aveda, this breaks apart his relationship with the Abishter. What happens? What happens is, is that the Chachmash Benefesh, this emuna is asleep, it's dormant. And therefore, it allows for a possibility that a person could think that it's not such a big deal. So what we see from here so far is that the key issue here to, to keep a person from falling spiritually is that the of, Shebenefesh, the, 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 the father, the chachma within the person has to remain awake and recognize his connection, the person's connection with with his father in heaven, and then he's safe. And based on this, we can understand the deeper reason. Again, we're again we're in Bipnimi Soinyanim. This is not the Sutishal Mikra, but this is Bipnimi Soinyanim. Why the word Aviv, the father, is not mentioned. Not here in the parsha of Nimker Atzmilanochri of someone who sells himself to a goy, and not in Parsha's Pinchas, where it talks about Nachlis about Yerusha. The idea of Misa of death on a spiritually on a spiritual level, which the Shoim Shbachayin which is referring to a Rasha, someone who is wicked, which is why he's called uh, a maze, or even on a more on a lower level or on a higher level, on a more refined level, man someone falls from where he is, falls down one level. This is considered a Misa death. So Nachlois is talking about Misa. Our situation is talking about man is midarge. He's falling in the levels. In both of these cases, it comes from the fact that he's lacking his remembrance of his father in heaven, as we explained in the previous 
column their their from chinus chachmas shebenefesh of the revelation of chachmas shebenefesh, which is called in chesedus of the father. Doses with chinus shina, it is asleep. Why is he forgetting his father? Because the of the chachmas shebenefesh is asleep. Because sleeping is a sixtieth of death, which means it's a fraction. It's a, it's a it's the beginning of the process of death, and therefore. It leads to the concept of Misa. Then by if he has the remembrance of the father, the Abishter, is then you have the Kvoid, yeah, there, there is the honor to the Abishter. Then says Mayor if the Khachmash Benefesh is is shining, is Khachma gives him life. See the last that came Mr. Ruchnis, I feel in it can feel him the gosh, does not allow spiritual death and not even a, a spiritual downfall. Because on the level of the Aveda of the Yid is with a full, intense Amuna, and it's beyond being changed by the circumstances. So the fact that we're holding what we're holding here is because Aviv, meaning to say the Chachmash Benefesh is asleep, and therefore he feels disconnected from Aviv Hashemayim. So even though he doesn't fear Uis in the Sikha, but obviously this is what he's saying. This is what the Rebbe is saying. That therefore the Aviv is not mentioned in the Pasik because it's trying to tell you why, how you got here. Because you're lacking a relationship with Aviv. And, and, and how to fix it is to, buy, is to refresh and rejuvenate your connection with Aviv. So this is the answer to our first question. Why does the Pasek not say Aviv? Why does the Pasek not mention that the father is Geula Tiyeloi, that has to redeem him? The answer is, because we're talking about a person that has fallen Baruchnius spiritually, and we're trying to tell the person, why, how did you get, how, how did you get here? You got here by uh, forgetting Aviv. In Sif Dalit, we're going to talk about the Geula. But now this person that, that's, 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 has fallen spiritually has to be redeemed, has to be elevated. The first thing we're going to talk about is the fact that it is certain that ultimately he will be redeemed. And we're going to say why. Just like we're saying that this fact that he sold himself to a goy is a spiritual descent. It's understood that also the redemption, the redeeming, the ransoming of this individual represents a spiritual journey. His relatives are required to redeem him. But there's even more than that. said as a promise. Even if the relatives do not redeem him, nevertheless he goes out in Yovel, which means that regardless of how how far how low he's fallen, ultimately he is assured by the Torah that he will be redeemed. When the pasuk is after them time, and why is he so assured? The pasuk tells us the reason. my servants. Shtari my star, my contract, my agreement with the yidden is first. They are mine first, and therefore, uh, even if later they sold themselves elsewhere, ultimately I can always call back my my original agreement with them, and they're, and they're really truly mine. Thus, maybe pnimius. This is referring to this spiritual agula. Every yid became a servant of Hashem for eternity. An inherent quality. Nobody could take it from him. 
Even if later he does something that transgresses the will of Hashem. The fact that he has a connection to the to ra, to bad, to evil. The fact that he sold to a idol. It's only a superficial add on to his true core being. Who he truly is, the fact that he is never Hashem, that can never be changed. And therefore the Torah assures this person, ultimately he will be redeemed regardless of what happens because inherently he is the an Eved Hashem and that can never change. In, bra in the brackets, this also explains the connection to, of the end of the Sedra, which is this uh, uh, situation of Nimkir Atzvil Nachri, someone who sells himself to a guy, meet to the beginning of the Sedra, with the Pasik is Madgis Vaidabar Hashem Gayar Bahar Sinai. The Pasik starts out that the Abish just spoke to Moshe at Ar Sinai. And of course, we always uh, wonder, the Mepharshim always ask, what's the Safa? Why does it add Bahar Sinai? Because Bahar Sinai is an introduction to the entire Sadra. Because the Yidden are coming from Har Sinai. That is where this star, this contract, this agreement was, was drafted between the Abishter and Yidden. That is when the Yidden became the, the servants of Hashem. Even after the entire gradual downfall, it is certain that he will ultimately be redeemed. Because he already is an Eved Hashem from Bahar Sinai. This will come up again in the end of the Sicha, but already over here we have to, uh, has to be mentioned that Bahar Sinai is the antidote to everything. And the reason why we are assured that Geulah Tiyalai, because we have this relationship with Hashem that is immutable. In Sifei, the Rebbe is going to continue on this concept. That Be'etzim Ayid is an Eved Hashem. And therefore, there are certain things that'll, 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 that'll never happen to explain the Rashi. The Rashi um, on this Pasuk. And according to this, we can explain the deeper understanding in Rashi, as well as why Rashi emphasizes and elaborates certain things in this Rashi. When the Pasik says the words which is the end of the Pasik that after he sells himself to a Gir Taisha will sell himself to a says Rashi, this means someone who is selling himself to the idol. meaning to say to attend to be an, an, an attendant of the Abidazar. Not to worship it as a deity. But to do menial tasks such as chopping wood and drawing water. Where does Rashi take this from? That he's not worshipping the idol. If you're going to say that it's because he is not allowed to sell himself to an idol, it's also, it's also forbidden to sell yourself as an attendant of the Aved Even just to sell yourself to a goy to have nothing to do with the idol is also Aser al So for the fact that it's Aser is not a proof that he's not going to do it. So how does Rashi know that he's not selling himself to worship the idol. Now the mitzvah varinter, but Rashi over here again. We're following the pnimi yisayin yonim on the deeper level. Rashi is clarifying as a filu as a yid was his adrogge fallen as a nidirik b'satachas a yid rachman l'slan a yid that has fallen so low till the ultimate depth 
Because it is not possible that he will sell himself to worship the idol. This is something that is absolutely impossible for a yid. Even before he is redeemed, he's never fall, never reaches a state that his father, that the memory of his father in heaven of Hashem doesn't exist. And it's not upgetragen. Und schlaft, he is distracted and he's asleep. Sees nit bottle geworden, beginnis chachmas benefesh. The chachmas benefesh does not cease to exist as his narkid dio klash natanya beginnis shina. It's only as the Tanya says, very, very specifically, it's to sleep. It's still there. It's just that it's asleep. When he's actually challenged with regards to his emunah in Hashem, this affects the essence of who he is. This accomplishes, this causes that it should wake him up from the slumber. When they're lost in found that the Nisoyer does not allow him to fail this test. Doesn't even allow a thought, speech, or action about this. Doesn't even consider to give up to give up his faith in Hashem. Doesn't even certainly to talk about it or, or, or do something. Certainly that he doesn't actually do it. Why? Because all of a sudden, when you uh, touch the pnimius on the when you touch it wakes up. Because, because it was only sleeping. It wasn't, didn't stop existing. Cannot be, says Rashi, that a yid should sell himself to worship an idol. Even if he's not thinking about it, even if it's without feeling it or believing in it. The lowest fall that's possible. When the Chachmash B'nefesh is asleep, Besides for the fact that there's so the rabbi points out in number 50, that a person could make a choice to go against his nature and to go against everything. But that is considered a, uh, a, a, an exception to the rule. Generally speaking, the lowest a yid could fall is when his chachma is asleep. When his chachma is asleep, what's the lowest he could fall? To attend to it by chopping wood, by drawing water. But to worship it, this could never happen. So now that we've established that Geula Ti Eloi means that ultimately there will be a Geula because the Yid is an Eved Hashem. And that is the definition of the Yid. And everything else is just a superficial addition to who he is, but it doesn't define him. This explains why Rashi says, because a yid can never fall that low. A yid can never come to a place that he's actually selling himself to worship an idol. The worst that's possible is the chachma is asleep. The av, the av shebenefesh, excuse me, is asleep. And therefore, he, uh, he'll, he'll, he'll attend to it. He'll take care of it. He'll sweep up for it. He'll chop wood. He'll, he'll draw water. But nothing, but nothing close to worshiping it. So now, let's talk about helping this person. We know that he's, he hasn't fallen too far. He's just, his chachmash benefesh is just asleep. So now we have to help him. We have to redeem him. And that's what we're going to talk about in Sivov. Since the memory. 
is asleep. It's almost as if he lost control over himself. He's not his own boss anymore. And as Meshubat he is bound to a Gentile master. He's even bound to the idol. And it's impossible for him to redeem himself. As the rule goes, a bound person cannot release himself from the jail because he's bound. His hands are tied behind his back. He cannot untie himself. His gu'ula can only come through an awakening from above. Above, often, the leila means the abishter. Here, the leila means someone else that's not stuck in his situation. Through the fact that other people that are not bound to the above, to the goy or to the idol, etc., are redeeming when their fire states and this is why it doesn't start with the din with, that he should redeem himself because he can't redeem himself. And we're talking about on a spiritual level it, it, when he fell so low that he sold himself to a goy or to At this point, he can't redeem himself. He needs someone else to come and schlep him out, so to speak, from where he is in order to be redeemed. However, the other goal is that he should constantly be dependent on other people. The goal is to reveal his own essence. The fact that he is an Eved Hashem, a servant of Hashem, as mentioned earlier in the Sicha. At that point, he's redeemed in a way that he, on his own, is not any more capable of falling. As it is in the physical world, the best that the best, most possible, the best, most truest, most help that you can give to an impoverished person is to put him in a situation that he doesn't have to rely on other people. You can give him a dollar or a sandwich and he'll eat today, or you can give him a job and you can give him enough a loan that puts him on his feet that he should not have to depend on others. Similarly, when this person has fallen so low, yes, the first and foremost, he has to be taken out of the situation, but the goal is to put him in a situation that he doesn't fall anymore. This is why the Pasik ends with the fact that if he can afford it, he should redeem himself. Because that's the goal. The ultimate goal of the, the ransoming by the relatives is that he should be in a situation where he could ultimately take care of himself and redeem himself. And this explains why the order in the Pasuk is in the order of closeness. Since they have to awaken the deepest, most uh, abilities, and then ultimately the more external abilities of the servant, of the slave, to the point that he'll be able to redeem himself. The closer the relative is, is moving as outs, then the impact and the influence of this person couldn't go deeper and more internal, more personal, because he's close to him. That's why Karav Karav Kaidim, because since we're trying to help this person reach his essence, we need someone who can actually have that positive influence on him. The closer one is to him, the closer, the, the, the more impactful that influence can be. So this is the answer to the second question. It can't put Yisigiyot uh, of in the beginning because spiritually he can't take care of himself yet. 
But it does put it at the end to tell us that that is the goal. That is the ultimate goal that the relatives or the people that are close to him should redeem him and lift him to a place that where he can ultimately either redeem himself or not fall at all. In Siv Zayin, the Rebbe is going to say, tell us how, how we got here in the first place. How does a person uh, come to fall? The reason that he fell is because he forgot Aviv. Why did he forget Aviv? Because Chachma Shemenefesh, the Aviv was asleep. But how did he get to that point? The reason and the possibility why this a person can fall is is hinted and emphasized in the beginning of the Sadriqis When you will come to the land, because they're going into an inhabitable land, where you have to conduct yourself according to the rules of nature. Six years you sow the field, etc. As the passage continues, all the various different work that has to be done in the fields and the vineyards with the physical earthly world not as it was in the desert where they were removed from physical matters for it came to food they ate food from heaven which was the mon when they had to drink it was from the well of Miriam the, uh, the, the clouds the clouds of glory would clean and press their clothing and their clothes would grow, grow with them so they didn't even have to go shopping and search and buy clothes so their physical uh, needs the material needs were all provided for but when they came to Eretz Yisrael, they had to start engaging with the physical world, with the land. So it creates a possibility for a person to fall. When you're engaged with the Gashmias, it has an effect on you. And therefore, right away in the beginning of the Sedra, we give you the antidote. Because since you're coming, it says, And then, So you're coming from Har Sinai. It's a certainty. As only will you yourself remain complete. He'll be redeemed. He'll also be able to impact the world, the, the world, the, the land, the earthliness, to elevate it, to refine it. As you transform the land of Canaan into the land of Israel. itself, you bring it to a point where it could rest. In place of the fact that there was a possibility for Avedazara in Eretz Israel, to which it was possible that a Yid could sell himself, it becomes Eker Mishpachas Ger. Kapitish Ateis explains why is an idol called Eker? Because Shesoifa Li Oker. Because ultimately it will be uprooted. So when a person remains connected to Harsina, to the Torah, and to the story Kedem, to the fact that a Yid belongs to the Abishter, a Yid is never Hashem, this affects the person, this affects the Eretz, that becomes from Eretz Kenan, it becomes Eretz Yisrael, and from Eretz Yisrael, it becomes a place that is totally, Avedazara, uh, is totally uprooted, the the land will rest, and Zet Begilu, this is Leah Eretz, it becomes revealed that the land, the earthliness, the Gashmias, belongs to the Abishter. And that's the ultimate goal. And how is that done? Through Bahar Sinai, through retaining one's connection to Har Sinai and remembering that everyone, that we are in Eved Hashem and Shtar Rikadim, the Abish Shtar, the Abish agreement with us is first and that is who we are forever.